Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, good morning. For those of you that I haven't got a chance to see today, or if I haven't met you yet, my name is Danny, the lead pastor here, and welcome to City Hills Church. We are thrilled that in all the craziness of summer and the busyness that's going on, that you guys are getting to hang out with us today. It means a lot, and you're coming at a really awesome time. We are right in the middle of our series called Blank Space, where we're realizing that if we don't create blank space in some really key areas of our life, that we're, we're just kind of destined to run into some major issues. And more importantly, we're destined to not reach the purpose that we were created for. And last week, we talked about our schedules, right? We talked about our schedules and how crazy they can be and that our calendar actually determines who we are. Our calendar is what actually determines not our intentions, not our plans, not our motives, not the things that we dream of being, the things that actually determine who we are. It's our calendar and the way that we live our lives. Next week, we're going to be closing out by talking about relationships. But this week, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about our finances, talking about our money. And a famous poet that we've heard of once said, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. (laughs) And if we were honest with ourselves and we pulled back the curtain, money is on our mind all the time. It's one of those things that we wake up in the morning, we're thinking about it, we go to bed at night trying to sleep, talking about it. And money is one of the most challenging areas of our lives. And what I'm really excited about today is that we're going to talk about finances and I'm not going to ask you for any of yours, right? Like that might be a first in church. You're like, oh, the church said, amen. Like what? The pastor's not going to ask for it. No, seriously. Like while we believe strongly in the power of generosity, what we understand is that if we don't get our house in order ourselves, it's impossible for us to be generous like the Lord asked us to be. And so today, I don't want anything from you. I actually want today to be something for you, that this is a day for you to be able to learn some things that we're going to learn together and see how God can do some really incredible things in our lives. And we believe that when when you start to find financial health in your life, generosity just becomes a part of that. And that's something that just happens naturally. And as as we look at our life, there's a truth that rises to the surface as we've gone through this series. And what you see is that your time is limited, so you have to limit what you do. Your money is also limited, but you don't really have to limit your money, right? You don't have to slow down. If you don't believe me, you, you can't borrow time, but you can borrow money, right? You can always create more money by debt and by these other options that we have. And yes, we pay for it in the long run, but we we don't necessarily live our lives the same way that we do with time. When the day is over, the day is over. But with our finances, we always keep stretching ourselves. And we want to look at some ways to create some margin in our finances. And, and as, we, as we jump into this, I want you to understand something, because I, I always want to be really transparent with you. 
And, and many times it feels like whoever has the microphone, they feel like the expert, right? We are not. I, I just want to be transparent with you that, that in this season and the things that we're learning today, it's things that Lauren and I are working on ourselves, that we're in the same boat as you guys. This has been one of the craziest financial seasons of our entire marriage from moving states and changing jobs and changing business opportunities and planning a church. And there's been ups and downs and bobs and weaves and Lord, what is going on moments for us as a family. So as I'm walking through this, these, these are things that we're learning and that we're putting into practice right now. Not that something we're standing up here going, you should do this. We got it all together. Lord knows we don't. This is us being transparent with you that we're learning these things as well. We are in this together. But in the Bible, Jesus, in his time on earth, he actually spent a lot of time talking about money. And it's, it's really fascinating throughout the New Testament where when his in the Gospels, when you see him teaching, there is a lot of teaching about it because Jesus understood even 2,000 years ago about our financial habits and the way that we live our lives financially. And he, he spoke a lot about it so that we can have the freedom that, that he so desperately wants. And uh, we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 16. It's in the New Testament on the kind of the back half of the Bible. And Jesus is at the end of this really fascinating parable. You can go back and read it. And it was just, it's really interesting. But then he starts to unpack the knowledge that he was, he was kind of dropping in there. And so we're going we're gonna to check it out in verse 10. And Jesus says this. This is just a great principle for us. If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? I feel like my dad told me that a lot of times growing up as a teenager. You break my stuff, I'm not going to get you any more of yours. It's just smart, like what he did there. This is the key verse for today, verse 13. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Here's a huge, huge, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The key verse is you cannot have two masters. Now, have, have you ever had like two bosses at work? Anyone ever have that, like, quick raise of hand? It is the most miserable thing ever, right? Like, one boss comes in, and they're like, this is what we need to do. This is the direction of the company. This is how it's going to work. This is where we're going. And you're like, got it. I'm on it. And you're running, you're running. An hour later, the other boss comes in, and it's a completely different story, completely different direction. you're like, what is happening? It is unbelievably frustrating. It divides your focus, and it completely destroys your effectiveness, right? It completely blows up everything that you want to do. And Jesus says, we cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Because the truth is that our money naturally tells us a story. It naturally has a narrative that we follow. I don't know what your money tells you, but my money tells me a little bit of story that goes something like, you know, you, you, you deserve this. You deserve that thing. You, you've earned this. You've worked so hard this week. You just, you just go and you do that. You get that. You, you can't afford it, but eventually you will, right? That's what my money tells me. It's like, you, you can't afford it right now, but like, you just work hard and, and like, you're going to catch up. The income's going to match and it'll be good. It'll be good in a couple months. Like it's, it tells you this story just a little bit more and you'll be set. 
right? That's the story that my money tells me. And Jesus teaches us the polar opposites. He wants us to live with margin, to be generous, generous, to live without worry, to live without fear, to find purpose and freedom. We know what Jesus said, but Visa tells us something completely different, right? We know what Jesus wants us to do. We, Jesus is saying this. Look at this on the screen. When we live without financial margin, we cannot live out the life Jesus calls us to. We can't live out the life that Jesus calls us to, the principles that he teaches us, the lifestyle that he wants us to have. We can't do it when we have two masters. Jesus says crazy things. Like, it just doesn't even make any sense to me. Jesus says things like, don't worry. What? Don't worry about about your food. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about these petty little things the Lord will have. And it's like, what? Are you talking about? We hear what Jesus says about being generous and, and giving and, and tithing and doing all this stuff. And we're like, Jesus, I can't do that because I have no margin. There's no way I can be generous. There's no way I can do that. We hear what he says about controlling our emotions and not worrying and not sitting up at night thinking about what tomorrow is going to bring. But we can't because we're riddled with worry. We can't do this, these, these principles and these challenges that Jesus give us because we have no margin. We, we hear what Jesus says about our relationships and how we should treat others the way that we treat ourselves. And we're like, I don't really treat myself all that well because I'm, if, if this is what good is, then I want better for somebody else. And we can't live out the principles that Jesus wants when we live a life in our relationships and our time and our money with no margin. Jesus says you can't have two masters. It just doesn't work. You'll be devoted to one and ignore, even despise the other. It's impossible. I love this translation of the Bible because it uses the perfect word. We're enslaved by money. That money has a control in our lives. And, and if you haven't made the decision to allow Jesus to be, you know, the leader of your life, this is, this is still like good self-help for you. Like, even if you're like, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing and the church thing, I, you know, we'll see. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, even if you're here today and that's you, that's totally okay. This principle still works. Living with margin just allows you to find more purpose in your life. But for those of us who are followers of Jesus, those of us who have asked him to be the leader of our lives, he says, hey, you can't fully serve me if you're enslaved by another master. You can't fully be who I want you to be if you have another boss in your life telling you something completely different than what I'm telling you. We can't live out the lives because someone else has the reins of our life. That's how powerful money is. And as Christians, you and I have to get to this place where, where we find the freedom that Jesus wants for us because we truly want to live out the life that he's called us to. And one of the, the biggest problems that I've seen for us as Americans and, and what I'm learning about myself is that we confuse standard of living with quality of life. We, the, there's a huge difference between this, and you know this, you, you guys understand this, but it's just a reminder for us today, because we lie to ourselves and we say, if I raise my standard of living, if I raise my standard, if I have a nicer house, if I have a better car, if I, I have to take a bigger vacation, if, if I do all these things, I have nicer clothes and, and better friends, and I, I just raise my standard of living, then my life will be better, right? No. 
I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't found that to be true because so many times we raise our standards of living through debt instead of raising our quality of life through discipline. I don't like that. I don't like that sentence at all, right? Like that, that sentence is not my friend because it's so much easier for us to just raise our standards of living because we feel like it's going to make us feel better. But then we turn around and we realize, oh my goodness, I can't do anything else because I've strapped myself financially. I, I, I can't pay these bills off the way that I want to, but I got a beautiful car out there. I live in a beautiful house. I, I have all these things, and yet my quality of life is not where it wants to be. Jesus talks about this because he's really, really concerned about one of these areas, our quality of life. Jesus is really concerned about it. Check it out in John chapter 10. Jesus says, I am the gate. He's using this illustration. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Other versions say, find peace. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, listen to this. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's Jesus's heart for us. He wants us to live life to the fullest. Not that we have all the greatest things and all the nicest things in the world, but that we live life to the fullest because our quality of life is so much better. We cannot have two masters. Creating breathing room may lower your standard of living, but it will raise your quality of life. When we get to that place in our life that we say the quality is so much greater than the quantity. It's, it's so much better if I can just lower some of these standards, maybe live in a little bit smaller house or maybe spend a little bit less on this hobby that I really, really enjoy. But if I could just squeeze a little bit of my standard of living and create margin, my quality of life will increase so much. I mean, just, just think about it. Like, How many of us walk into a full closet and go, I don't have anything to wear? Like, right, I don't, maybe you don't do that, but like I walk into a room like, I hate that shirt. I'm so sick of wearing that shirt. I wore that shirt last week and two weeks before that, and I'm just done with everything in this closet. We need to start all over again. And we watch HGTV or TLC or whatever we watch, and it's like, they just get a brand new closet, and it's just a whole new life. We're going to get an extreme makeover. But we walk in, and, and I remember when I was younger, I used to say, if, if I could just get to this, like, income every year, right? If I could just get to this amount of money, I would live like a king. I would never think about money again. I'd never stress about money. And then what happened when I actually got to that level of income? I still didn't find peace. I still didn't find that thing that I was looking for. Some of you in the room, you make more money than you ever have, but you still haven't found that freedom that you thought would come with it. You make more than you ever have, more than if 20 years ago you would have known that you were going to make that level of income. You're like, whoo, boy, I'm going to be up in La Jolla on the beach every day. Like, what's up, boo? What's going on? I got money. But then we get to that point in our real life, and we haven't found that freedom. And the reason is, is this, and it's, there's three things that I believe is true about all of us. And this is true about me. It's true about you. This is just kind of true about us as a people, especially here in America. And the first thing is this, you are living on a percentage of your income. We're living on a percentage of our income. For some of us, maybe that, that percentage is 90%. For some of us, maybe it's like 97%. For some of us, it's 100%. Like every dime that comes in, 
it goes right back out. There's no, that's, that's it. And then if we're honest with each other, some of us are living on like 110% because we use debt to kind of like float us for a little while and, and we just live above our means. But how many of us have actually like thought about that percentage? Like, have you ever thought in your life and like set that number and said, this is the percentage that we're going to live on? We, we, we know how much we make and, and we try to keep it under that and try to like make the pennies line up or whatever, but we never like set that actual goal. There, there's something to think about here, though. If we don't set that number, culture will. Someone else will set that number for us. And there's people who make millions and millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars as marketers that help you figure out what percentage you want to live at, right? Like, just, just be honest. They're, commercials are there for a reason. And all of a sudden, you're like, I don't know why I'm thinking about that car. Oh, I saw it every time I watched my favorite show. Culture will lead us to a number and pull us away from maybe our goals. The second thing is this. If you had just a little bit more money, things would be fine, right? If you, if you had just a little bit more, when you look at your finances today, if you could make just a couple hundred dollars more, just a few hundred more, maybe if... If I could make a thousand more, all of my problems will go away, right? A thousand more a month, and and my debt will be able to get knocked out quicker, and and we'd have freedom. We can go on that vacation that we want. If I just had a little bit more, things would be all right. But here's the kicker. The third one is this: you felt the same exact way when you made less money. Like nobody has to raise your hand, but I'll raise my hand. All three of these are me right? When we made less money than we did, we, would, we said the same thing. Man, if we could just make a little bit more, just if we get a side hustle and just make a couple hundred dollars more, like we'll be good. And then we get that raise at work. And then all of a sudden things aren't good. Why? And we're going to look at that in just a second. It's because of our percentage. It's our percentage that we set our lives at. When you and I set the right number in our life, we're happier, we're more generous. Life is just better. We create margin. So my challenge for you is to do whatever you can legally to make that happen. Like, don't come back to me next week and like, hey, I picked up this agricultural job driving things across the border. It's totally kale and spinach. I promise, pastor, I promise I'm not doing anything illegal. Like, seriously, whatever it takes legally for you to make this happen in our lives, we have to do it. We have to find a way to create that. And until we make this conscious decision to live at a financial percentage, we're just going to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Maybe for some of you, you say, my number is 85%. Like 85% of what we bring in, that's what we're going to do. You know, for some of you, you're committed to your tithe and you give your 10% every month, but you still want to stretch and, and do another 5% where you can save and or maybe plan for retirement. And I know all of us feel pretty young and we're not close to retirement, but everyone keeps telling me it comes quicker than you think. So, right, like maybe you that it's 85%. So what does it take for you to get to that percentage? What does it take for you? What What hard decisions do you have to make? What things do you have to to make hard choices on, difficult conversations, things that you actually really like to do that you're like, maybe I I don't do it every week. Maybe I do it once a month. And what are those things that you can do to get to that percentage? I can't answer that for you. 
But I can tell you the end result. The end result is that when you rid yourself of two masters, you find a peace that goes deeper than you can ever imagine. Because honestly, for me and, and, and for Lauren and I, that there have been these moments in life where we are there. There were these short, very brief moments in our marriage where we lived on a percentage and we, we found that financial freedom. And we, we didn't have, we, like, we magically paid off some credit card and we're like two months of this bliss where we had freedom to be generous to people who were in need and we had freedom to save money and, and prepare for the rainy days that came. And in those rare moments, we lived with such peace. But honestly, it, it, we just get to this place where we want to raise our standard of living just a little bit more. Well, we can afford it, so why don't we move from this car and we'll move up to a bigger car, and then when family comes in, then everybody can ride in the same car, and we don't have to ride in two cars. Like, isn't that brilliant? And then life happens, and we're like, why did we do that? Why did we buy the pilot? We should have stuck with the CRV. It worked just fine. But we, we have to find that freedom that's unparalleled when we make those choices. As we wrap up today, I just want to give you a couple of steps. And you guys don't need steps. You know what you need to do. You know how to do it. But I want to just give you a few just practical steps that you can take to really help you on this. Because seriously, as a church, this means a lot to us. We, we have it on the wall. We want you to discover your purpose. If you, can't, if you can't find freedom in these areas of your life, it's so difficult for you to connect with your purpose because you can't live out what God wants you to live out. So I want to give you just a couple of steps to, to help you out. And they're, they're super elaborate, like really hard. You might need a doctorate from Stanford to figure them out. I'm just saying. So like buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. It's the very first one. Decide. Super hard. Super elaborate. It's crazy. Just decide. Make the choice that, man, Honey, God, whoever's listening, I'm sick of living in this place. Like, I'm making the hard choice where we're going to decide to do something about our lives. The second one, super complicated. We're going to create a goal, right? We're going to set that percentage. And maybe you just start with whatever percentage you can start with. Again, I don't know your numbers. I don't know what you make. I don't have any clue where you are in your financial walk. But set that number. Create a goal. If you're, you're a student in the room, you're a young person, you're single in the room, this is the perfect time for you to set that number now and begin to build that into the culture of who you are so that when you do get in a relationship, when you do get married one day, all the parents said in like 10 years, not anytime soon, but when you get married, you're able to walk into that marriage and go, honey, part of the deal, I live on 85%. Can you do that? Are we going to do that together? You, you begin to set that culture in your house, in your home, from as early of age as you can. The third thing is this, and this is, is super simple, but we never do it. We need to spy on our money. We need to know exactly where every single penny is going. I don't know about you guys, but Lauren and I do good at this in a season. And then there's other seasons where it's like, what? How, did, how many boxes from Amazon came in? Like, what? 
me and the mailman are on first name basis, and this is not a good thing. Like, I shouldn't know his name because I shouldn't have that many Amazon boxes coming. Like, seriously, maybe that's not you, but that's definitely that's definitely me. Lauren will come in. She's like, I see six Amazon boxes in the garage, babe. What's going on? I promise it's for work. It's for the church. It's not for me. Sometimes. We have to spy on our money. And, and maybe just a super practical, easy way to do this. For two months, for two months, log every single penny you can. See exactly where your money is going. Because if you don't know where your money is going, there's no way for you to control it. There's no way to get your head around it. The fourth thing, super simple, cut spending, right? Wherever you can, begin to cut. Make those hard decisions. I heard this, this phrase this week, I want is better than I owe. It's like, yeah, that should be a tattoo. I want is better than I owe. And just be, let that be a motto every time, like put it on top of your, uh, your computer screen when you're going to do your bills. I want is so much better than I owe. And the last thing is this, develop a debt elimination plan. Develop a debt elimination plan. One of the best authors on this subject is a guy named Dave Ramsey. He's crazy, all right? I'm just going to tell you up front. He's crazy, but he gets it. He understands. And my challenge to you is to go buy his book, Financial Peace Revisited. We've read through all of his books so many times. We know all the things that, that he talks about, all the things that are principles for him. But go and buy his book. And in, in, in January of, of 2020, we're going to do like a final financial peace class. We're going to do something where that could be a resource for us as a church and for your friends in the community. And it'll be going through the principles that he teaches and an opportunity for us to like figure it out. Because everybody at the beginning of the year, we're like, okay, it's a fresh start. Let's start a whole new year. But you can start now. You can get ahead of the curve. Go and buy the book. If you can't afford the book, there's a Barnes and Noble right there in Trolley Station. Just go read it there. They don't care. I see people doing that all day long, reading books. I'm like, I think that's illegal, but they do it. Like, if you can't afford the book, go and read it there. Take pictures of the pages that, that are really interesting to you. Whatever it takes for you to figure out how you can start eliminating these things. Skip eating out today. Just make sandwiches at home and go read the book for fun this afternoon. It'll be life-changing for you and challenge you to be able to find this freedom. Because here, here's the thing, guy. Our, our heart, our desire as a church is for you to find that freedom, for you to be able to live a life where you don't have to feel that pressure of everything else, that where you can create this, this relationship with God, this relationship with, your other, with, with other people in your life. You can create this relationship with your time and with your money that has breathing room, that has space, that has blank space where you can find and hear the Lord speak. Because let's just be real. When we feel that pressure, when we feel that building tension of worry financially, our ears start to close. Our eyes start to narrow. And we can't hear God's voice. We can't hear what he's saying to us because all we hear is, oh, my goodness, we don't have enough. We can't make it. We can't do it. What are we going to do? How are we going to solve this problem? And God's like, hey, I've got some answers for you if you're willing to listen. But also, if you have the courage to do it.
We're all smart enough to make decisions. We don't need more information. We just need a reminder. And that's what I hope today is for you. Just a reminder that, hey, have the courage to take the step to find that freedom. And we'll do this together. And as we do that, the Lord is going to do so many incredibly generous things through our church and through our lives and through our family that's going to change the communities around us, that's going to change our families, because finally we carved out enough blank space for the Lord to use us in our most vulnerable, most challenging area of our lives. Let's pray together. Jesus, in this moment, we, we surrender to you our doubts and our fears and that little voice in our head that says, hey, Danny, that's, that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad that you, you got up there and you talked about that for a, a few minutes. But uh, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. There's no way we can fix this problem that we're in. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just silence that voice. That voice. Lord, I pray that as, as we leave this place today that you would just encourage us, that we wouldn't be discouraged, that we wouldn't walk away going, oh, man, I'm worse off than I, than I was when I was coming in. No, God, that you would let us leave encouraged and excited because you care about us finding that freedom. You care about us seeing a difference happen in our finances. So, Lord, we surrender everything in our lives to you. And we believe that as we do that, you're going to do something truly extraordinary. And we'll have a story to tell of how you rescued us from this thing that has enslaved us. And we'll be able to live lives that are so generous that it blows people away. And the way that we could do that is because we can point back to you and all that you've done in our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you. I pray for courage. I pray for clarity. And I pray for excitement as we tackle this incredible challenge together. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.